0: welcome to alignment adventures this is a podcast where we explore what it means to live a fulfilling aligning and present life i'm your host Lindsay tanner and i am so grateful that you are here Hello, my loves, and welcome back to Alignment Adventures. I'm so excited and so honored that you are here with me today. And I have such an incredible episode to start off 2023 with our interviews, our first interview of 2023, or whenever you are listening to this podcast, possibly in the future, with Stephen Altair. Honestly, He is probably one of the most enlightened and conscious beings I've ever personally gotten to talk with. And I had so many things I wanted to ask him. Like when he got done talking and it was time for the next question for me or for me to reply, my brain was almost in overload because I had so many things that I wanted to ask him. This is such... A beautiful conversation. It's one of my longest interviews yet, almost an hour and a half. So I am going to leave some timestamps in the description of this podcast or in the description on YouTube, whichever you're listening to this on. And that's a reminder to you, you can watch the video form of this, which I highly encourage. His energy is just indescribable. This is such a special episode to me. And like I said, I can't think of a better way to start the year than with this energy. Really what it comes down to with this message, we cover so many things. I can't even like give you a summary in the beginning like I normally do. But what it comes down to is this message is is that we are all connected. We are all limitless. We are all divine. And it's just so good when you remember that and when you sit in that energy. So not to mention all the beautiful insights that he shares with us. We actually do three I believe it's three different activities where he kind of leads us through different tools that you can use. You can come back to these at any time to help you connect with your inner world, to help you process fear, to help you connect to your guides. So many practical things in this episode. So I'm just going to get right into it. Check out the timestamps if you want to, but I highly encourage you to listen to the whole thing maybe save it for when you have a bigger chunk of time but just really sit in his energy and just really try to take in all the things that he is sharing with us so with all that being said let's get right into the conversation i hope you enjoy it as much as i did uh, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here sharing your wisdom and your message. I know this is going to be a truly magical and magnificent conversation.
1: I wait, I cannot wait, simply cannot wait for the ma- magic to unfold. So Lindsay, I'm in your very tender hands. And as a, I mean, as a very special mum, I know that that means a whole lot of things, you know, you know how to look after a very beautiful baby. So I just wanted to say some special congratulations for that too.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. We were just talking about how my son Arlo may or may not be trying to intervene here and there, but hopefully not throughout this podcast. We'll just let it flow as it needs to be, but thank you. I appreciate that. Well, before we get started, I always like to ask this question. I'm so intrigued to see how you're going to answer it, but who is Stephen or Altair, which is another name that you go by, which we can get into that later. (laughs)
1: yeah well people often ask who am i so i always answer pretty much that i i'm compassionate awareness so if you're Mm -hmm. listening uh, then i'm you you're me we all go through the same ups downs, struggles and joys in life so in that sense i hope as you're listening that you can tap right into the compassionate awareness that we both are so we're high vibration we're consciousness and energy we quite often think we are the body we think we are the mind with all its thoughts and feelings and perceptions. But ultimately, we're that divine, unlimited, and boundless, compassionate awareness. So I really wanted to speak to that, to that who am mm. I? And that when you, when you really, you know, if you're listening and you're thinking, well, h- how do I relate to that? I, I thought I was this identity with this, all these stories and past and future and everything that goes along with that. I often speak to people about the power of energy and consciousness in in simple ways, like wherever your awareness is drawn in life, that's actually where you find you start to manifest. So if your awareness is drawn towards the infinite,
0: Mm. then
1: you'll start to realize that is simply who you are. You are boundless, infinite, and vast.
0: Mm. That feels so good just to... Kind of soak that in for a moment, because it is so hard for our minds to wrap our minds around it. I I ponder this all the time. Like, why do we come into this reality thinking we are the body, thinking we are just this character that we're playing? And then eventually, you know, either in this lifetime or another lifetime, we remember that we aren't. We are so much more than that. Why do you think? It's like that. Why is the human experience like that? That's kind of a big question. But I'd love to hear your take on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, we don't dive, dive straight into these huge questions. I know up. we're just I, going
0: right for it. <laughs> I I, I, I love
1: I love it. Well, well, look if if you consider some of the 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 basic way ways that we when when we're born, you know, speaking to your beautiful little baby, that when, when we're born, we're often conditioned in particular ways, just simply by. Either what our parents perceive the world is about or what we're told by media so for example if you're sitting listening to me now and you consider the just the room you're in and you look just look around it for a moment now for most people your room appears to be filled with objects a wall got walls ceilings and floors so we think that this is real and yet that is just fundamentally an interpretation of our brain, because for for example, there are galaxies out there right now whose light is still on its way. <laughs> Isn't that hasn't had the opportunity to reach us yet. Yeah. So in that sense, we only receive a fraction of what is present. You can look at that in terms of the visual perspective or sound. We only hear a certain fraction of the sound spe- spectrum, and similarly, we only see. A certain fraction of the visual spectrum so when you think about it even when you look out at stars and planets i love talking to the cosmos when you look at the stars and planets and galaxies that what we see actually only makes up about four percent of the entire galaxy the, re- the other 96 percent of that astronomers are still trying to com- comprehend that there are all these mysterious substances like dark energy and dark matter so we're often in this perception that what we see and what we perceive through our senses is real. Take, take another example. We feel like we're standing still. Right now, you and I and everybody listening feels like you're sitting on solid ground, but we all know as kids, right, that the earth is moving around the sun and it's covering, covering a root of about 30 kilometers a second. Now, wow. we don't perceive that. And And simultaneously, while that's happening, the Milky Way itself is speeding through the galaxy roughly in the direction of the constellation of Leon and Virgo at the rate of 1.3 million miles per hour. Now, we don't perceive any of that. So people who say, for example, that any, anything to do with the stars or the planets is you know has no bearing. Will actually just consider we are actually moving through the stuff, but they are affecting us all the time. So I always love the fact that once we start to open to the in- infinite consciousness of all it is, we actually start to realize we we only perceive through a very limited number of our senses. For, you know, another example: uh, the five senses that most of us are familiar with. So you asked, mm-hmm. you know, why do we not perceive the infinite? Yeah. Well, these these five senses, which we're normally aware of, so your your vision and touch and taste and hearing and so on. There was a scientist and philosopher, Guy Murchie, who I absolutely love his work in 78, who identified 48 different senses. So if you're yeah. a fan of, you know, superhero kind of things like yeah. X-Men, you'll be familiar with things like Mag- Magneto now how many of us actually connect with the electromagnetic sense even even think of it as real but in fact that was one of the senses that guy spoke about that that there is a sense that we have known as a magnetoreception and then you then when you start to research that you realize that in 2019 the california institute of technology a professor known as professor joseph Kirschvink, he with colleagues in U- the US and Japan, he researched the power of human beings to perceive a magnetic re- reception or wow. magnetoreception, just the same as animals can pick up directions very easily. And what, they, what the research showed is that the human system can actually tell north from south. So they did a number of experiments. They put yeah. a number of human beings in a cage and they found there are these special cells in our bodies containing iron-based crystals that actually rotate somewhat like a compass and they open and close the our pores uh, in, and <laughs> actually affecting signals that are sent to the brain when we're exposed to magnetic fields. So this kind of power speaks, I, I mean, I'm just giving one example of those yeah. many ec- extra senses, but once we start to turn inwards, which um, in the company I run in the US, a meditation company called Raising Our Vibration, we we call interoception. Once you start to turn inwards, you open to a whole entire new world. People say, well, there's nothing in there. There's just feelings and thoughts and perceptions. You know, why do I want more of that? But of course, when you realize that you're only perce- that's that's just your perception. That's the limited perception that says, oh, the human being is made up of this you know th- thoughts feelings perceptions of body senses but in fact it is so much more it is has such an incredible perception and when you when you point towards those extra perceptions or those extra senses you begin to find out an an, an enormous amount about yourself and you begin to understand how you can touch the infinite how can you touch that vast and boundless being so for those of you that are listening if you just suspend all the judgments and opinions you have about who you are. And just as you're listening to this with Lindsay and I, be open, just simply be open to exploring what you don't know. Uh, then then you start to really touch on the infinite. There was um Lindsay, I was brought up by a Carmelite godmother. So she was a, a mother superior in a Carmelite convent. And she simply pointed me to the old Carmelite traditions of the cloud of unknowing. And what that says is that with God, we suspend all of our judgments and concepts about what we think God is and actually Mm -hmm. have the humility to think that we actually don't know. And then when you rest in that unknowing, which is known as the cloud of unknowing, then all kinds of extraordinary miracles that have happened over my life, very humbling, amazing opportunities to touch that spark of God that exists in all of us. They simply Mm -hmm. arose naturally, just because I was open, because she'd taught me, she said, just don't make judgments about what you think you know, don't read the books, simply dive deep inwards into this, what is known as the cloud of unknowing. So I love that mystical approach to life. When you go beyond concept, what is there? It's a beautiful question, you know, to pose for everybody here.
0: For sure. I was just having this conversation with, I guess it was my husband. I can't remember who, but just going back to like what children do, asking why and questioning everything, I feel like is key to that and how beautiful that you were raised by someone who really fostered that in you. And it can show now with the person who become and your growing awareness and so many threads I want to pull on there, but really what it comes down to for me is just like that illusion that we're all kind of in, that we are separate from each other and separate from even use the term God, which I know for a lot of people can be a very heavy word sometimes. And there's so many different definitions for that. So I'd love to hear your perspective on that word. because. The way you used it really resonated with me. I could feel it in my body. Like, yes, that's that's what that word means for me. So I just love to hear your interpretation on that.
1: Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, yeah. So, so God and all the words that we might relate to God, source, infinite, unknown, the yeah. unnameable, the unknowable. That when when we start to look at that. And what the unnameable or what what the unnameable means, it really speaks straight to infinite consciousness, to the fact that there is a boundless, open, loving source of all that is Mm -hmm. that's not, not nameable. That is beyond all the things that we are so convinced that we are or that God is, there is a Something that that is beyond that, or there is an essence to all this that is beyond that. So, for example, if you can, I, I actually think this is where God, spirituality, consciousness, the unified field, and all of that op- opportunity to explore that really starts to open for us. So, if if you begin with just a basic. Uh, I, I guess you could call it a, a definition of consciousness itself. Mm. You mm. could consider that consciousness itself, itself is the ultimate reality of the universe. So yes. at the heart of knowing God is knowing con- consciousness, and particularly knowing an infinite consciousness. So I'm just saying at this point, you suspend all judgment about what you think God is, because actually it's about uh, your own deep and intimate and loving connection with all that is. So that is not not separating anything from this. So so the first thing that you do, and this is very similar in the Carmelite centering prayer tradition, is that you simply say, I'll be open to whatever that is. Because God is just a word that we use. But I want to be open to not knowing what God is. I want to have that relationship with the universe, with ultimate reality, with infinite consciousness. So in that sense, consciousness becomes that which knows or is aware of of whatever is happening. Each one of us has a an individual perspective by which to know God. So mm-hmm. you can tell, even when you look at our planet, the way that God arises in different religions has mm-hmm. different aspects to it. They're all like a beautiful diamond, if only every religion saw this, and was able to see that they're all facets of the same diamond. they there cannot once we see ourselves as this knowing awareness of what is, then we simply are not separate from each other. we're We're the same. We have this, I think the majority of religions can agree on kindness mm. and can agree on love. I think the majority of us can say that, when you rest in that knowing of that loving awareness, then it illuminates all experience. Now, so if we start from that point, in other words, we are that knowing awareness, we are that knowing, loving awareness of what it is, then whatever relationship unfolds with that that essence, that yeah. God, the unnameable, the unknowable, the the infinite, then that actually, curiously enough, is going to open whatever God is for us. And for all of you listening, however you develop that personal relationship, yeah. like for me, having been guided in a Christi- Christian mystical tradition initially, mm-hmm. I then went through many years of a yogic tradition, then many years of a Tibetan Buddhist tradition, and many years of deal- dealing with the uh, Muslim tradition. And I, I found the same essence, that, that there is love at the basis of all of those love or compassion or kindness, and that, that it is that quality, it's that knowing when you rest in that, and when you're truly open, that opens to your relationship with God. So in, in that sense, your relationship is the unknowable, the uh, ineffable, uh, the infinite, and the un, and the limitless, which mm-hmm. which is God, and which often reveals itself to us as love. Now now it is it is curious, right that we spend a lot of our time on social media with news with this, that and the next thing, and we ignore the presence of the infinite within us. so we're yeah. we're not we're not separate from that source or limitless consciousness or love or or God or or the spark of all, all that is, we're we're simply not separate from it. but because our attention is directed towards all the objects that seem to surround our life or or our friends or our social media or this or that or the next thing, we often don't know unless we decide to go down that very mystical spiritual path. We often don't know and we actually ignore the presence of that boundless Mm -hmm. consciousness. And so most of our world is defined by the objects and all the stories that they tell. So it, it is curious, right, that we ignore the presence of what I'll call the ineffable or the unnameable in our lives, simply because we don't give a lot of attention to that. Because where we, when we start to direct our attention inwards to explore who am I and what is my relationship with the unknowable or the essence or the source of all that is God, the source of all creation, then we are not going to find out about it. It's just a very simple, basic understanding that where you bring your attention that's where you you tend to manifest that so we tend to do that in favor of the we tend to explore rather than explore this boundless consciousness that we truly are that is the spark of god that often ignites his love in our hearts we often we are in the favour of the con- content of our experience, which is all the objects and thoughts and feelings and sensations and perceptions and activities and relationships and I identify with that. Yeah. Whereas, whereas there is a light of pure knowing in that heart, that God spark that is in our heart. You know, by, by definition, we can't be separate from God. We are inseparable in that we are energy and consciousness. We know we're not the body because at a certain point, this body is going to dissolve, right? Mm-hmm. It happens to all of us. It's a process that we call death on this planet, but I would prefer to call it a transition. So there is a transition that happens, which says... We're not the body. We simply can't be that. But there mm-hmm. is this spark of limitless consciousness that lies in the seed of our heart. That's like a light of pure knowing. It's like a light of consciousness that when you rest in there, it actually illuminates all experience. And just like sunlight, it it is actually the, it's the light or the consciousness that renders mm-hmm. all of this experience knowable. And when you touch that, that which is infinite and boundless, you start to touch right into the seed of what people call God, because it doesn't separate, it doesn't divide. It's indivisible, it's open, it's limitless, and it's often used in tandem with words like love and peace.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's just beautiful, beautiful explanation of that. I, it just boggles my mind sometimes, like you've mentioned you know how we're so focused on the exterior and the physical which is just the nature of our perceived reality I guess Um, but it really is a matter of going within so what can we do to really help I feel like you and me obviously are on this journey the people listening are intrigued by this what can we do to continue to live a life knowing that we are infinite and that we have God within us. That's why I think I find religion so fascinating because like religion, at least from my experience, it always seemed like an external thing. Like it was something that was external for me, but then now, you know, going on my own spiritual journey, I realized that it's all from within and we're all connected. It's such a beautiful remembering and realization. So I guess what can we do as like a collective to really help, everyone remember that and to really you know it sounds cheesy but like make this a better place for everyone in that way
1: yeah I'll okay I I mean what a magnificent question anyway so I'm gonna I'll, I'll talk a little bit from a broader picture and then I'll give everybody listening a a short technique that can just help you to make that inward journey so if if we look you know in, in recent times even so i'm going to talk the bigger picture first and i'm going to talk a little bit just about physics and the way we, we might use both science mm-hmm. so you know contemporary science but also yes. a- ancient wisdom to yes. actually make make that bridge for us so if we look at things like theoretical physics for example in the past decade you you read a lot of the research papers and i love love physics both my you know dad and sister were physics and chemistry majors so i um I love the this the fact that the laws of nature and the discovery of the unified field theory for example has pointed towards this single universal unified field, so in essence, you know when we're talking. God, spirituality, a spiritual path, then that physics is pointing towards a unified field at the basis of all forms and phenomena, right, and at the same time, you've got neuroscience, so I'm quite heavily involved with neuroscience, I've been the subject of a number of um, science and engineering conferences, because they like to measure my brain, which does unusual things, it seems to vibrate perfectly on the Schumann resonance. And it also has very high gamma states. And it also enables uh, somehow I, I can jump beyond their instruments and have states that their instruments can't seem to measure. So, so that's yeah. all useful for scientists. And Whenever people say, Oh, yeah, but all this mystical stuff, it's not real, is it? But then I show them the graphs and they say, Oh, you can actually do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's quite helpful. So that's why I'm speaking just first of all to if if we look closely at, at science as being a really useful foundation for the exploration into how collectively we might might join together. And then you also look at neuroscience, because neuroscience itself is talking. To the existence of this unified field of consciousness, and that, as well as our what what we're normally used to as our waking states and our mm-hmm. dreaming states and our deep sleep states, that there's a fourth major state. Um, and this, the researcher John Hagelin looked into this. That there's a fourth major state, which is the deeper. What, what might be known as a meditative state or, or a samadhi state in some traditions or mm. a deeper immersed state where you're united in an indivisible wholeness of pure presence. So, and, and those of you who are familiar with the work of perhaps Eckhart Tolle, for example, will mm. recognize when I'm talking about resting in pure presence that th- this is actually... Uh, Phenomenon that swept swept the world with the power of now, for example. So mm-hmm. those those discoveries, when you start to look at those discoveries, so if you're listening and thinking, yeah, but how can this apply to the world? Well, just consider that if you have both a unified field of physics and a unified field of consciousness on the planet, and that that can appeal to you know the larger population, say, well, actually, there's very good both theoretical and experimental evidence that shows that these are actually pretty important. Yeah. for humanity, then, and in fact, they did, I, I think it was Joel and Hagelin's group that did an experiment where they had 4,000 advanced meditators working together over a particular period of time to to meditate on reducing violent crime. And the, over that period of time, that crime was shown to statistically significantly reduce. Wow. So there is a connection that happens When we work collectively, so the reason I've mentioned the unified field in physics and the unified state of consciousness in neuroscience is that there are experiments that are currently being done to say when we get together and we work together, there is a significant effect on the unified field. So we're not actually separate from it. So in that sense, now if we point to... Those of you that are listening thinking, well, okay, how does that relate to me? I'm not part of a group full of 4,000 meditators, but just consider at the moment, even right this very moment with Lindsay and I, you are actually this moment, part of a group of people who are listening, Mm -hmm. who are actually starting to recognize, oh, we're actually tapped into the unified field right this moment. And what, what often prevents us from touching that unified field is simply our our inner tensions our resistance our reactivity and it causes a lot of suffering for us right we we I know you're really into flow states uh Lindsay and some I, I I've done a lot of podcasts with a neuroscientist friend Kiefer O'Sullivan on on flow state and how we can work towards those you yes. know timeless flow those of you that Maybe ha- have only just heard of flow states. If just think of a wonderful hobby that you love doing, mm-hmm. or you know you're out there playing sport, and you just lose sense of time. You're out there yeah. for hours, and you just that's flow, right? In yes. simple terms. So what is it that stops us from being in flow together as a planet, for example? So if we look at things like our, particularly our our inattentions and aches and pains and resistance, we often find that we have these reactive thoughts and feelings. you know. So you could take the Democrats and Republicans. I mean, they don't always agree, right? So there's a kind of a resistance. There's not a unified field there. And they're working towards it. This is all a work in progress. But we can actually soften the field for ourselves. We can soften the resistance to not being able to access the unified field ourselves. So I'll show you a quick practice. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, what you want to do is you want to turn in. So I'm going to use any resistance or challenge that you have. And so it could be just, you know, it could be tiredness. It could be that you're bored. It could be that you're frustrated with somebody or something. So the, what we're going to do is just first turn inwards and recognize it. Because what, what we're going to do, we're all going to enter into the unified field together. And we're going to enter into perhaps what you might think is the most unlikely way. And that is yeah. through our resistance. And it's really uh, you can use this te- technique anytime. It's just super simple. So just bring to mind, you know, uh, the impatience that you might have had with somebody, maybe a, a word that you you've fired off without thinking, or maybe a, an action, maybe just you got irritated with somebody, maybe even your partner and you said an unkind word, or mm. that 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 can so often happen. So what we're going to do is we're going to actually accept whatever is present in us. So once you start to accept what's present, you start to actually open to the unified field. It's just Mm. a simple secret. It's the secret of allowing what is present to be present. And when you do that, of course, when you allow or you open to whatever is present, that opening is boundless. There is no edge to openness right when you're open you're Mm -hmm. open i mean i know it sounds super simple but it is
0: (laughs) mind-blowing
1: so 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 let's let's try this together it's so as i said it's very simple and it's just a really basic practice of releasing resistance and resting in presence together now remember so this is just consider this right this moment all of you listening every one of us is actually unified right? Because at this very moment, you are actually listening. There there is a sacred listening that's happening in your ears. And of course, I'm listening to you. It's kind of like I can hear all your mutual heartbeats. So let's begin, first of all, with a simple thing. I'll I'll get you to close your eyes. Make sure your seat is comfortable, right? Wherever you are. If you're driving, you might want to pull over. And just Have your feet firmly on the ground. So this is the first simplest cue. So you might think, well, I do this all the time. But really feel into your feet. Just simply be present with your feet on the ground. It's that easy. Just feel your feet. Like, say hi to them. Maybe you haven't said hello to your feet today. Maybe you got up and you were so busy. But here, you're just grounding relaxing softening your feet your toes into the grounded presence of the earth and right at this moment just consider all of us are doing this so you can feel with your heart the power of all of us doing just one simple thing and then rest your hands palms cupped in your lap in a open posture Right? This is the openness. Have the tips of your thumbs just touching lightly, soften, relax your hand. Let go of any tension. Ah, feel a soft, open space in your hands. Feels so good. This is a really good measure of openness, right? So the first one, your feet, is the measure of just groundedness and being present and the openness in your hand is a really good feeling of openness relax your shoulders, sit comfortably upright if you're sitting, or if you're lying, you can also extend your head gently upwards so you've got a nice long back, as if your spine's gently pulled from above. And when you feel the extension of your spine, it does something, right? If you, I know if you walk with straight back down the street, you feel actually awake. So here, just feel into the awakened clarity of your spine. We've all just done three things. We've grounded together, We've opened together, and we're clear together. And feel into your tongue. This is a good check right? If your tongue is very relaxed, it really relaxes your body. And smile a Buddhist smile, or a Christ smile, or a Magdalene smile, or a Tara smile. Calm, happiness, and peace. And just notice how you feel inside, and then call to mind an area of your life where you might feel a little impatient. Maybe you just haven't got enough time or you want things to be a little different. Or maybe there's some energy you, you actually think you should be doing something different than what you are. So call to mind an area of your life that's not flowing. So where you maybe have overreacted or maybe there's disappointment. It's so an area where you find inner resistance. And just be patient with yourself as you call this area of your mind present just be patient be open allow yourself to turn kindly like a mum with her baby right treat this resistance just like a wee one a wee baby and allow yourself to turn towards that resistance with a sense of that motherly love and kindness right? you'd never push away your baby so don't push away your resistance it doesn't define you. It wants space. So just feel what's present. Notice, it could be in your head. It could be in your chest, perhaps, this resistance. It could be in your belly. We all have resistance at one time or another. It's okay, just notice. It. Just be here, be open. Bring attention to it. You notice what happens when you bring attention to it. It's a real beauty. It's a real sense of kindness and a knowing awareness of that resistance. You're just learning more about your baby just like a mum and her child. You're actually learning about something very special. And that is the way that you store and can be open to the resistance, the energy in your field. Just be present, just notice it, just be aware of them. There's a knowing presence. So you might even be able to rest back as this knowing that you bring to this resistance. Bring your attention to your head, open your crown, And feel as if you're pouring peace and love into the top of your head, right? It's like taking a bucket of love and pouring it in gently. It's so beautiful. You're just being open to what's present and pouring love into it. So you can feel it coming down through your head. It might find any sticky bits, any difficult thoughts. Just pour love into those thoughts, right? You're just bringing kindness and care. Just like a mom. And then allow it to flow down through your throat and into your heart. And sometimes in our heart, we find lots of difficult bits too. You know, emotional vulnerability, hurt or loneliness. Maybe moments where we felt unworthy. So pour love into that. Just allow the presence of love to flow gently and softly into those very vulnerable places. Be very gentle. And then allow the same presence to flow into your belly, right? Sometimes this is associated with behaviors we've taken that we might have regretted, things we've done, that we've lashed out. Again, just be gentle. If those behaviors or actions arise, just again, embrace them like a mum. Just allow yourself to be gentle. So you're actually allowing yourself to feel the quality of this resistance, any density or heaviness, not judging them, just allowing yourself to feel heaviness and then saturating them with this gentleness of love and kindness. That's all, just that, dissolving tensions, intentions And then feel that that presence flows into your legs and feet into the ground, that love starts to flow down your arms into your hand. that love flows out through the pores of your skin. You feel this gentle presence flowing in all directions, actually flooding the space all around you. You're not separate from this presence. You, you are that. You are this limitless, boundless peace and love. Let it flow outwards through your walls into your community, through every person, through all beings, through all of nature, through all worlds, the whole cosmos and beyond. This beautiful, loving presence this limitless and boundless presence, this vast ocean of breath. And then slowly and gently in that vast presence, in that limitless connection with the field, because we're all in this together. We can feel each other's field right this moment. Slowly open your eyes in that presence. Remain in this knowing presence here and now. Everything that you see in the field is resting in this presence. Just resting in the freshness of now. Every moment is fresh and new and beautiful like a child. You're viewing with the eyes of the divine child. You're feeling, seeing, perceiving with freshness, with infinite newness and nowness, just like a baby would, just like a child would, moment by moment in this unbound flow of natural loving presence
0: mm.
1: so thank you so if your ha- eyes aren't already open just we can open them and just be present with the love that you see so right now I see this beautiful being this divine being called Lindsay in front of me <laughs> and I perceive these divine beings listening to us these extraordinary infinite boundless beings who are resting in the presence, presence of love
0: Mm. that was that was (laughs) otherworldly that was so beautiful thank you Uh, as i was doing that and what's interesting is i felt this all day even earlier today it must have been the energy i knew that this was coming just like full body chills and almost like you are entering another time and space like you mentioned earlier so thank you so much for that beautiful gift Mm -hmm. that was wonderful Yeah, my And I love your message, how you bring together, because I think a lot of people need this. And I also started in the field of science. I love that you're bringing in science into the spirituality because somewhere along the line, they got separate and they truly are one in the same. And I think that helps convince a lot of minds and egos out there that this is is a part of our reality. It's just learning how to tap into that. So thank you for sharing all of that. Oh,
1: no. Well, thank you too. No, I think, you know, for all of you listening who start to relate to this and think, Oh, okay. There's quite a lot more sense to this than I thought. The, my neuroscience friends tell me that's at a real cutting edge field of science. And they, as they say, what they're saying today in 10 years' time it will be totally different. They recognize that their field is so dramatically shifting and changing that they're making hypotheses now that could easily be refuted by more sophisticated measure, measuring instrument, instruments in the next 10 years. So it's really curious to, to look, even at the last you know 20 years of um, neuroscience research and how dramatically has shifted in our understanding of what the brain's capable of. So simply be open, you know, and take, if you find an interest in science or neuroscience that really grabs you, explore it deeply with that sense of curiosity of a young child. There's something magical about all that's unfolding for our planet. You know, so those of you listening say, well, what do you mean? There's all this kind of challenge of war and economic problems and political upheaval and so on. that that has to happen right in terms of basic evolution and, and also in terms of us really beginning to draw together as a collective sometimes that has to be made super obvious you know it's sort of like if you're used to being fairly fairly going your life going along fairly normally and then suddenly you have an anger burst and it's it's not really that characteristic of you and you sort of it makes you look at yourself it's a bit like that. Sometimes our entire world yeah. has to have a shake-up just to look simply at where we're moving to as humanity. So I think the when you look at it in a much bigger uh, with a much bigger scale, a much larger time continuum, I think there's there's such a lot of wonder and opportunity there for for to, people to be able to recognize the power of these big shifts rather than just sort of seeing it as how it impacts you personally. So some I, I'm very fortunate because I deal with lots of wonderful uh, indigenous folk all around the world who I, I'm a Maori Hawaiian myself. so I've got lots of beautiful feet planted on on the earth with me. Mm. And one of the things that I'm very aware of is that there is a real deep profound movement where we want to share indigenous wisdom, We want to share modern wisdom, modern science. We want to share the ancient wisdom of all the ancient spiritual traditions. We want to bring all that together. We have such extraordinary opportunities to share as humanity. I mean, goodness, what an incredibly rich place this is. So I'm personally involved with uh, um, indigenous peoples of Australia and uh, the nation of Hawaii and the Achua people in the Amazon. So I do lots of work with those peoples and the the power of that indigenous wisdom is really magical and additionally what I whenever I'm in those groups and we're talking I always ask them so have have you got your next uh, 1000 year plan for indigenous mm-hmm. wisdom because I really I was a student for many years of uh, Vedic astrology through Paramanza Yogananda and Swami Sri Teshwar so I did years and years of study in in that field and i've seen several thousand people over the years for astrological readings and when what it made me particularly uh pay attention to was this larger arc so i actually drew up a an 1000 a year plan so when people say oh yeah but what does that mean so i actually show them all the progression of the yugas right through from you know 12000 bc through to 3080 oh. ad and it's really useful because when you can look at all that and look at, for example, right now we're in an era that has to has to pay really cl- close attention to the earth. I mean, we're all aware of that. And then we need to solve for these, we, and, and this is why the climate change is so crucial, we need to be solving for that so that then we can solve for the economic prosperity. There is no... Way our planet can thrive when we have such extraordinary imbalances, mm. and then when we th- thrive for uh, when we solve for economic p- prosperity, which we're going to. If if I look at the arcs, we need to do that in the next ten years, so leading up to twenty thirty two. Then we need to solve for technology, because currently at the moment, if you're going to have technology that is driven by need and craving, it will simply destroy. It'll be driven by programmers and technology that is is actually simply paying drawing you know pulling resources out of the planet and out of people so I I have lots of friends in the AI industry which I call the awakened intelligence industry Mm -hmm. because we need minds like the Dalai Lama for example actually writing the programs so that the programs have a support of human thriving and then they're not manipulating so all that technology change also has to happen by 2050 because then we will be able to unfold the opportunities like like many people can see the the Mar, you know going to the moon again going to Mars establishing I think it's Elon Musk who wants to establish a colony on on Mars you know so that that of course speaks to the next part of human evolution the only way that other civilizations will contact us is when they can see that we are existing in a state of wisdom and trust and love and not in fear and if we're firing missiles at each other we are clearly we clearly got a lot to kind of learn and overcome and actually change so that deep transformation has to happen right across our planet and that will that needs to happen before 2100 because otherwise we simply won't well, a little bit like star trek first contact we simply won't be in a receptive enough uh, consciousness to be able to connect to the, all the billions of worlds that um are yeah. out there you know the I'll I'll share with you something funny when I when I've talked about star nations because of course for the, the indigenous people I used to work with um, Dr Masaru Emoto in Japan and he introduced me to the Hopi elders and of course for them star nations and star people from other stars, is quite normal it's they are communicating with them so when i uh i had this lovely conversation with my w- wife and daughter and my w- wife loves asking my daughter things my my daughter's only 8 and she came up with this beautiful piece of advice so it it wasn't to do with star nations and extraterrestrials it was actually to do with mermaids and you'll love an 8-year-old's logic on how you deal with mermaids when you're talking to your mother so yeah. um my daughter was drawing these she she's a manga car, meaning she loves drawing comic stories and she's created these volumes of you know 50 pages each she's very dedicated she's a beautiful drawer and writer and i've I've published a lot of books myself so there's a there's a kind of a lovely lineage of writing that we and love of writing that we share so anyway she was drawing this mermaid and um my wife said to her, oh that's beautiful dear is, is that a mermaid my daughter goes yep it's a mermaid she's what's her name oh it's mimi you know and so then i said oh and of course mermaids aren't real now of course that <laughs> that's a, a absolute flame to my daughter so she looks up at my wife and she goes mama did you say mermaids aren't real and then my wife goes yeah they're not of course they're not real and so my daughter said mama how, how do you know and she said well i haven't seen any mermaids uh and then my daughter said mama have you seen mermaids on the far side, the dark side of Pluto? <laughs> <And> <laughs> my wife goes, no, and she said, "Mama, have you seen mermaids in the Pleiades?" My wife said, "No." <laughs> she said, "But you said that you haven't seen them on Earth, but you also haven't seen them in in a star system that's not, you know, present to your naked eye. So even though you can, so Mama, you've got to say." You can't see mermaids currently here on Earth, but you can't say that they don't exist everywhere else. As a result,
0: wow! <laughs> it Brilliant. was
1: my it was just such <laughs> funny, beautiful eight year old logic, you know. So I, I always like to feel into that essence for all the possibilities that exist right throughout this, you know, cosmos that we only perceive a very tiny fraction of actually what's out there, and the mere fact that. Uh, you the people might say well they haven't contacted me <laughs> is of course that same logic well if they haven't contacted you equally you could say that if if, if for example you're a fan of Bill Gates but you haven't spoken to him mm-hmm. personally you could say well he hasn't contacted me so it's a, the, the the logic that we often apply to things you know i um, really really without thinking carefully through it is it uh, that's where I like the eight-year-old logic that actually, the, if you do the opposite and you suspend judgment and you say, well, actually, the possibility for lots of opportunities in my field, which is intimately connected with the unified field, which is intimately connected with the source, with whatever name we use for the unnameable, that if we actually suspend judgment and we explore the unknown and we are open to the unknown, then the most extraordinary things, just like my daughter experiences, will um, will arise. So Mm -hmm. I just think, I I think it's magical. You know, I was very fortunate in the early nineties to have a direct contact with a star nation and and it was reported all over. So again, all these wonderful things that have happened to me over the years, miracle healings, you know, objects manifesting, telepathy, you know, telekinesis, all all those things have all been witnessed by uh, the people I've been with, angels, you know, connection with angels over uh, years, all the kind of, Things that have happened were all have all been witnessed. So, in the Star Nations contact, there was a genuine contact made, and it's still to this day, it's still in one of those special files. It was in yeah. all the newspapers, so it was witnessed by many, many people. It was investigated by, by the US Air Force and all sorts of things. And it was a most wonderful tribute to the fact that it's very clear that we don't know. Yes, <laughs> there's so and much I we don't know <laughs> I, exactly. And that's where I think, you know, the rather than dismiss it, so for example, if you like science or if you don't, rather than dismissing it, suspend judgment and be open to exploring maybe something you didn't know about. Same with spirituality. If there's an ancient wisdom tradition that you've never heard about, maybe have a look into it. You might suddenly find that your curiosity is triggered. And it's the same with any any subject. Once we start to get rich, re- once we have, you know, going back to your beautiful baby, once we have the uh, curiosity and wonder of a child, the the extraordinary opportunities of our planet, and our opportunities to learn from each other, and really be feel that this really is our home, and it's an extraordinary place for this consciousness to learn more about itself, then. Mm we that that you know going back to your original question about how we can unify we can definitely unify when we get when just simply we get curious about each other and we learn and open to this power of love that all of us feel and that all of us cherish i know and i think that's the wonders of being on a beautiful podcasts like this is that we are all aligned with love. We're all having, that's the way I would kind of coin our journey on earth is alignment, alignment or aligned with love.
0: Yes. So many good things. There's so many things I want to ask you. And I'm like, we don't have all day. I probably (laughs) have that not that much longer. And I have so many things I want to pick your brain about with the ET stuff and all that, but to summarize and to reiterate, I think that is such a beautiful message for everyone to take and ponder It's just being open. Like this was a conversation I had with someone the other day. Like really we can manipulate, and I hate to use that word, evidence to support anything. Like we see that all the time. Like you can find evidence for anything you want to believe in. So it's really a matter of being open so you can really just be curious. There's so much beauty, like you said, in being curious about our world. Uh, but as we're wrapping up our time here, I just have a few more questions to ask you. So many things I want to pick your brain on. So maybe you'll <laughs> have to come back on. Um, I'm just very curious because last night I was thinking about, you know, again, what do what do I want to talk about with Steven? Because I know you're such a wealth of knowledge. And for some reason, fear came up. I was like, I feel the need to ask him about fear. So, really quick, I would just love to know your perspective on like how we can work through fear, because again what is perceived in our society right now is a lot of fear based stories and narratives and that conflict. So on an individual level, how can we kind of start to untangle that?
1: Hmm. Wow. Wow. I just, I love that we're going from, you know, God to fear and kind of very close closely related (laughs) the unknowable to the name. Now. So speak, speaking to the unknowing, right. When you think about fear. So when I was very little, I had a recurring dream uh, for an entire year when I was two that I was a monk and that I died. And I actually died in every dream. So I used to wake up screaming. So I had an incredible amount of panic and fear around that. But so if you're listening and you can, so I'm going to give you something simple you can do. Um, So if you're listening and you're dealing with a particular fear and it could be just a fear, you could be in, war zone listening to this right now you could also be in a situation where maybe you've got some maybe you've been depressed like I have where you in that depression where you might feel really so down that you just think this life isn't worth living and in fact I, I was as a result of a really deep depressive episode I trained as a counselor for young teenagers in suicide and depression so mm. that's mm. kind of right at the core mm. of that fear. They just fear both acting and not acting. Acting out in the world just seems to have too many fears mm. attached to it. And so does not acting. Because when you're not acting, you're in the energy of fear. In your, so, the, so your brain is actually generating all kinds of uh, flight mechanisms. So we tend to do that right we drop into fight or flight when when we perceive that the world is a fearful or a scary place we tend to drop into that fear mm. so I'll I'll my my daughter has fears that she is the same as me she was brought brought up with a similar sort of brain so one thing she had was a lot of nightmares and she used to wake up screaming so if you get in a position where you are really starting to feel that fear coming on first thing to do is just pay attention to your breath now i'm going to give you a really really simple technique that will help you what the when our exhalation is long so longer than our inhalation we actually begin to activate the vagus nerve and it stimulates our parasympathetic nervous system it actually helps us to relax So Mm -hmm. I've been in situations with my daughter where she's been extraordinarily fearful panic. Now, now you know what happens. She can't breathe. So if you're listening and you feel this, can't breathe, your chest tightens. Fear just seems overwhelming. Mm. So I simply get her to breathe in and counting. So breath counting is so, it sounds so simple, but you just count. The moment you just go, yeah, and so if you have fear and you don't have somebody to, so you might think, I haven't got somebody to guide me doing this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> write,
1: write down on a piece of paper, one, two, three, four, and have the piece of paper beside, if, for example, you're subject to nightmares, for example, have the piece of paper so that when you wake up, you actually remember to look at the paper and then you start to breathe in for a count of four, one, two, three, four. And then long exhale for six. Make it easy. Ah, one, two, three, four, five, six. And keep going. Don't stop. Breathe in for a count of four. One, two, three, four. And then breathe out for a count of six. One, two, three, four. Six, do it one more time. One, two. Ah, now it feels like, and then breathe out for a count of six. One, three, four, five. Six. That's a really simple practice. And, and all of you, I know you'll feel the same as me, right? I feel really like, oh, oh, something's just something tiny shifted. And with fear and depression, all you actually need is that slight shift. Mm. And I'll show you one other useful practice that I've given my daughter over the the years. So I trained in neurolinguistic programming years ago and I always found some of the techniques very beautiful. And so I've sort of riffed with it. It's a bit like a guitar player. I'm a musician. So I like to kind of get on the guitar and play play something different. So it's a little bit like that with NLP. So if you feel fear, Notice where the fear arises in your body. You know, is mm-hmm. it in your head? Make it real simple. Is it more mm-hmm. head space? Lots of thoughts. Is it more heart? Like it's real fear about this sort of that vulnerable fear. Mm-hmm. Or is it in your gut? Is it a gut wrenching feel, mm-hmm. Like you just feel, God, I can't go on with this, right? So first of all, connect to that and ask yourself, does it have kind of a shape? so so see if you can get into your body and mm-hmm. just go down so if i remember you know with me it was like this gut wrenching fear when i used to wake up screaming so i would just go down feel it and it looked like a big black sticky mess so I, I i'm just there so you you start to just look at what it is for you okay it's a dark mass. it feels uncomfortable it's heavy it's big it feels like it's going to take over my body so ask yourself you know shape size color so i asked my daughter this and she always says oh it's dead it's big and it's looks it's black and i say okay can you just for a moment and and tell the blackness that Mm. it's okay you're not going to let go of it you're going to just work with it a bit bring it out of your body and spin it around just six or seven times one way. Like mm. so for example, anti-clockwise spiral that big black mass. You can just hang on to it. If you're scared of letting it go, just hang on to it. Mm. And then send it nine times in the other other direction and then transform it. Just, just play with it just for a moment. Let your fear transform. Now, quite often my daughter- transforms the blackness into a black dragon so don't mm. don't let the color change keep on keep hold of the color but mm. change it into something a horse well she usually she loves horses and she was born in the era of the horse and she also loves dragons so she often changes into this big scary dragon i say great send the dragon out it needs to explore send mm. that fear out into the universe to have a little exploring time so she sends it out and and then when she's ready, I say, is it ready to come back? Yeah. What, do, what have you found? Oh, I just found lots of things. Okay, bring it back. And I'd say, now, jump jump on it. Can you jump on it? And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, it feels, uh, I, don't, I don't know whether. Yeah, well, all right. You don't need to jump on it, but send it out again and ask it to go and find a gift. Because it's a dark, scary dragon. and it's going to find yeah. find some gift for your fear. So she'd go out and inevitably it's it's a flower or it's a little lap at- furry animal, or it's a little cuddly animal, it's something, you know, now, so if you're listening to this, you might actually find that when you send your dragon out, it actually comes back with something from childhood, maybe something you use, you know, cuddly blanket, a soft toy, or maybe your mum's mom, your tender care, maybe sitting on your dad's lap, whatever it happened to be, or it might be just a natural moment, you might find that that dragon goes out and brings you a gift of nature, and it might actually touch on a point in your life where you felt really safe. Because when we're in fear, we often don't know where our safe place is. Mm. But when you send that dragon out, it might suddenly come back with just one of those moments. So I remember I was working with a CEO who had a lot of fear and a lot of because he was faced with the stress of multiple companies and billions of dollars. And so I said, when was the moment? That you really were free, free of that fear and stress. And he said, "Oh God," I said. I remember sitting in a creek as a kid with my friend, It was just so, we used to just paddle. And I said, "Can you go there now?" He said, mm. "Yeah, feels so good." I said, "Good. Can you actually look now and solve for some of the stress from that creek?" And he said, oh, my God, I can see exactly what to do. <laughs> you know, so sometimes we just need to bring ourselves back to the really super simple things that allow us just to step out of fear for a moment, not mm. let it go. You don't You don't have to dissociate from fear. But what you're doing in this case is you're transforming it. So the last part of this key is when your dragon or whatever it is comes back with this gift from the universe. You know, in my daughter's case, like I said, it's often a flower. And I say, now I want you to put the dragon back in with the flower, with the gift, and just let it know it's okay. Right? It's actually okay to bring it back. Yeah. So she'll go. And I said, where did you first feel the fear? And she said, Oh, it's in my heart. She said, okay, Uh let the dragon go back home. She just wants to nestle back. She wants to know that she can have the space to be free, but she can also come home. Mm. <laughs> so there you go there's a really simple practice for or two simple the, the breathing is really important and the mm. simple transformation of mm. fear w- without letting it go See, we quite, quite often we don't know what's going to be there if we actually let fear go completely but if you just, just gentle bring gentle kind transformations to fear then you'll start to develop a skillful means around your fear or panic or anxiety when it arises
0: thank you for giving us so many practical tools to get back into alignment and to release those parts of us that we don't have to keep carrying around I'm always so amazed by how you know when we are in fear stress we forget how simple these practices are and it truly is just about coming back to the breath and I find that myself when I remember that I just feel so rejuvenated from such a simple and beautiful practice so thank you for that reminder now to respect your time i'm just going to ask you a few more questions (laughs) if that's okay with you if you have for sure for sure what is like what i love to ask this one because i just love to give people like one last takeaway one last like good send off before they go out back into the reality but what's one piece of advice you give to someone like just starting on this journey of learning that they are infinite and connected to God and God is within them and to be present and all the things. What's one, one thing you would tell people to start with?
1: Ah, be- beautiful. Well, in, in fact, it does go back to science. And mm-hmm. so I'll give you a, a very simple e- example that, that I've used with lots of people. who've So the, if you've ever heard of the Taurus field, this is a mm-hmm. little bit like a, a, an electromagnetic field that surrounds you. And that is, in fact, part of it's part of the patterning of the universe at all scales from the proton to the atom. The Taurus field, which is the electromagnetic field of planet, stars and galaxies and, and mm-hmm. the universe, even exists in us. So, for example, NASA did a flyby of Jupiter and they noticed that Jupiter had this Taurus field, which was oh. uh, explored and investigated to quite some length. So. And and when you look at uh, organizations like HeartMath, they've mm. also noted that the largest uh, electromagnetic field of uh, any of the body's organs is the heart, mm. right? And that the heart's electrical field is about 60 times greater in amplitude than the electrical activity generated by the brain. Wow. So people often don't consider that. And that means that your heart, this magnetic field produced, is... Extending from your body real outright at this moment while you're listening to me. So it arcs out from the heart up through the crown. So imagine yourself like a fountain. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if you breathe in up your spine, you actually have a nervous system, as you know, and you have a spine, and the spine itself has both a physical. Uh, structure but it also has an astral or a light structure which is known in the ancient traditions like yoga as a sushumna now you can use this to connect and really ground to the field to the the tourist field exists it's a Mm. it's a field of electromagnetic energy so i'm going to show you a really simple way to do this that I've u- used, and it's like a prayer, and it actually is. I so I'll, I'm going to call this a tourist prayer, right? A, mm, a field, mm. a field prayer. Mm. So, what I want you to consider for a moment is your connection to um, your, your spiritual path, or your connection to God, or your connection to all that is. And in a simple way, for example, for me as a little boy, it was the Virgin Mary because my Uh, carmelite godmother said trust the virgin mary she'll Mm. she'll look after you so i love that kind of motherly divine mother affair so it could be angels you could come from a a tradition of bodhisattvas or tara you could come from a tradition where you just don't believe in any of that Mm -hmm. and but you relate to light so light's fine Mm-hmm. Actually, right that moment when I was speaking, the archangel Michael appeared. So it's very mm-hmm. it it appears as a radiant blue light. So mm-hmm. obviously, everybody listening, you're in for for a little treat. Mm-hmm. So the so connect to that essence of what what you perceive as your closest relationship. A bit like having a relationship with a close friend, you're never ever ever separate from this essence. So these. So, for example, in my case, it could be the Virgin Mary. In your case, it could be Green Tara. It, mm. in, it could be light. It could equally also be like a grandparent that you really loved. It could be a teacher that you've had somewhere in your life that you've really connected to. And you. so what we're going to do is we're going to spend just a couple of minutes mm. embodying their essence. So you're actually going to tap right into them To that field and to the power of your heart to actually bring this essence or this quality present right here and now. Mm. So, I'm going to call this your sadhana, your kind of your God consciousness sadhana. Mm. So, in this, all we're going to do is we're going to connect with the formless qualities of this being, this essence, whatever your spiritual path means. So it doesn't matter what your spiritual path is, connect into the most, the easiest way of you bringing a sense of either devotion or attunement or a higher frequency or a higher vibration to your practice. Mm -hmm. What we're going to do is we're going to create a Taurus field around Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. and we're just going to bring it back again and again and again To a reminder of who this being is. So, like, as I said, if if for me it was the Virgin Mary, I'm going to now guide you into the Virgin Mary standing in front of me, to my right, behind me, to my left, above me, and below. If it's not a, if it's your grandmother, could be her qualities. Remember, we're not connecting so much to form, but to the formless. Mm -hmm. So, if it's your grandmother and you're connecting to her beautiful qualities of kindness for you, then you're going to feel that. If it's more ineffable or unnameable, it's more like light. Mm -hmm. Then it could be just light, the qualities of light. What does light mean? Maybe it's Mm -hmm. open and boundless, or maybe it strikes you in a particular way. So whatever it is. So who who are you going to, or what are you going to choose, Lindsay? I'm just curious before we dive into this.
0: Now that you say that light, I've been noticing that when I close my eyes sometimes, like I'll just see light, like almost out of the corner of my eye, even though my eyes are closed. So that really resonates for me. And like you said, it's it's boundless. Like it, reach, it can reach all the light things. Beautiful, you
1: know. beautiful. Okay, so I'm going to use light mm. just as the example mm. since it's also your example. All right.
0: Mm.
1: All I want you to do now is also, so close your eyes with me. Just relax, sit back. Ha- take a moment just to say he- hello to your body. Let the body know it's perfectly comfortable and safe and open. And I want you, first of all, just to imagine a beautiful tube of light going all the way from the base of the spine up to the crown. And you're going to gently tense those muscles at the base of the spine. So these are like your butt muscles. You're actually going to gently squeeze them because when, when actually you do this, you start to initiate the process of the cerebrospinal fluid, which is a fluid. If any of you are Joe fan, Dispenza fans, you'll notice he speaks a lot about drawing the cerebrospinal fluid up the spine so that it connects with the crystals in the um, pineal gland in the brain. So there are crystals in your brain. I mean, we there are crystals in your cells too, as I mentioned earlier with magnetoreception. So we can connect to this in this very simple manner. So I'm just going to get you to practice first. So you squeeze those muscles at the base of the spine. And as you breathe in, draw the energy of light, because I'm using the energy. The, um, example of light. Draw the energy of light up your spine with the inhalation. So I'll do it with you. Up to the crown. You can be very gentle. Don't be too vigorous. Draw it up to the crown. And then on the exhalation, imagine a fountain going up and out simultaneously to left and right. <laughs> so it's like a beautiful fountain or dolphin spout, as if you're the dolphin. And these beautiful spouts of light are. Shining out above your crown and round in a torus field, like an apple. Imagine an apple of light cascading down around you and down to the base of the spine. We're going to do the same again. And this time we're going to draw the energy up the central spine. All the way to the crown. And then out in front and behind simultaneously. So you're going to breathe up. So now there's a fountain going out in front of you and behind you. All right. So now we're going to do that again. The same thing, just to left and right and then front and behind. This time, really fill your spine with love and light. So there's a quality of this feeling sense. It's really important to feel. Doesn't matter if you see or don't see. Really just feel the love as you breathe in. So you're drawing this love and light up your spine on the inhalation. Gently squeezing. So you're drawing that cerebral spinal fluid up to your brain. Connecting with the pineal gland crystals in your brain. As you exhale, you're exhaling up and out through the crown like a spout. Ah, Infinitely to the left and right. Connecting with the light on all sides. You might find you start to go boundless, like as if it feels like there's no end to the light, to left and right. And then again, comes down. This time it connects in with the core of the earth. It's like you're connecting to the planet at the same time. And then you draw the energy straight up the spine up to the crown, and then as you exhale, out infinitely to front and back. All right, now just rest back, so the Taurus field is activated, now imagine in front of you that there is this light form, or light being, or whoever you're connecting in with her, and this light represents love, or compassion, and imagine that light radiates, and enters you from in front. And the essence of this light is love and compassion and wisdom. And as it enters you, it dissolves all your conceptual mind with all its confusion or grasping. It's just liberated, it dissolves into space. And the light flows into you and you become the light. Trust that you're the light. You are all the enlightened qualities, the limitless enlightened qualities of being. And now the same thing happens to the right the light flows into you from the right. It enters you, dissolves any confusion. You become the light. And then from behind you, the light radiates, flows into you from behind, dissolves the conceptual mind. You become the light. And then from the left, The light flows into you, shines into you, dissolving all confusion. You become the light, and then from below, you can feel it. Right, the light's flowing upwards from the earth itself, through up through your legs, calves, knees, thighs, hips, up through your belly into your heart. You become the light, and then from above you light flows down through the crown third eye throat and heart flows into you enters you dissolves all sense of separation you become the light you are the light and now imagine that that light radiates from you and touches all beings so lindsay's light is touching me and touching all of you just as my light is touching lindsay and touching all Of you and all of you are touching all of us and the world itself transforms into pure light and all the beings with it within it become pure light light radiates throughout the entire universe and touches all beings and then just simply drop the practice let the light just flow just trust and rest in this boundless open limitless awareness of light Just rest your mind and open awareness. Just leave everything as it is. And then slowly, slowly open your eyes. Dedicate the practice to the freedom and light of all beings. As you open your eyes, just be that light. And be that light throughout your day. And from time to time throughout your day, bring this into your moment, by moment existence just remember the light take in a deep breath allow the light to flow up and out in a torus field and you'll find the most amazing miracles happen because people will begin to feel you as light and you'll be resting in this knowing presence of the light so lindsay thank mm-hmm. you truly in every way
0: uh, Stephen, thank you so much that I have no other words besides magical and otherworldly. So thank you Uh, for your gift, for your gifts that you've given us in this episode, for your time, for everything that was, I'm going to go back and do those again and again, because I know I need that to embody it, all of it. Uh, So as we wrap this up, what are some ways that people can connect with you and work with you? Because I know after listening to this, people are going to Want more of your energy. I know I do.
1: <laughs> well, that's so sweet of you. So, so sweet. Look, look, very simple ways. So I have a website, altairlove.com. So A L T A I R L O V dot com. Or our company website is raisingourvibration.net. And so we have books and apps and uh, groups and T- teachers and teacher training programs and all kinds of things in fact the program we're doing at the moment the inner secret is uh being profiled on neil Donald walsh's site with steve parr uh, called humanities team so mm. there's lots of ways you can find us if you type the inner secret uh mm. Stephen altier or the inner secret raising our vibration well oh, actually a beautiful Light filled in my room at that moment. So Lindsay, you are very special. You've got we we've got the company of angels with us. they they mm. always appear as lights. That was Gabrielle saying that mm. you know all of you who are listening, you are just completely extraordinary beings. yeah, it's it's not really about me, right? it's it's mm. about us as a collective. I always think, yeah, people will find me. You can reach out to uh, Lindsay. You can probably look up somewhere on the podcast. She can mm. put a link link to one of the sites but ultimately it's about you right it's about you and your love and the way that you can actually help people on this planet we actually need all of us combining all of us working working together you know if you're listening to this and you think wow I go I, I'd really love to do this or teach this well do it you the world need I when I, I met the Dalai Lama gosh nearly go, nearly going on 40 years ago and he um I said, I was lucky I, I sponsored him and his first trip to New Zealand. And so I was able to meet with him privately and he gave me a personal audience. And I, I've often asked him over the years, you know, what what could we do? And he said, look, it's so simple. Whatever practice it is, whatever spiritual teaching, study it, embody it, become it and teach it. And he said, we need 10 people to teach 10 people to teach 10 people to do mm. you know? So, I've always, so I just pass that advice on to all of you that are listening. You you are the teachers of awakening, you are the teachers of the light. So, we need all of you. The the world needs to wake up as a collective. We we can't do this alone. And we're definitely not going to do it if we try one by one individually. We actually need the whole planet. So, all of you are all of me. And all, all of this is really an offering of love. So thank you in every way.
0: Speechless. Honestly, I can't think of a better way to end that. That was magnificent and beautiful and so true. I feel that to my core. We need everyone to just gently remind themselves of these things. And if you feel inspired to dive deeper, that's for a reason and explore that. So uh, thank you so much, Stephen, for coming on the podcast. I am looking forward to connecting in the future and this was just incredible. Thank you. I'm honored.
1: <laughs> oh, me too. Well, the honor's all mine. So thank you for the blessing of your presence and your beautiful family.
0: Steven, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I love the way we ended that conversation by reminding ourselves that we are all connected. We're all doing this work together. So if you feel inspired by this conversation, that is for a reason. And like we said, Go explore those curiosities. Just be open and curious as always. So if you want to connect with Steven, you can go check out his website, Altair Love. I will link that in the show notes as well as his other website, kind of his other company that he has, Raising Our RaisingOurVibration.net. I will link both of those in the show notes. Please go connect with him. I would love to have him back on the podcast. We'll see if that manifests itself. But I hope you can take something away from this conversation, if not many different things, that you are divine. You are limitless. You are love. You are compassion. So. Share any takeaways you have with me over on Instagram at Lindsay with an A.M. Tanner. I love hearing your feedback about these different episodes. If you're new here, please subscribe. We have new episodes every Monday. Sometimes they're interviews, sometimes they're solo episodes, but we're always diving into what it means to live an aligning life. Sending you all so much love, all of the high vibes. I'm so grateful that you are here and I will see you next week on Alignment Adventures.